Welcome to the maiden voyage of our podcast. My name is Bill Messinetti. I'm from New York Orchestra's Entertainment. For those of you who are about to get married or are planning a wedding in the near future, we're here today to offer some helpful advice, some knowledge, and insight into the wedding business. Right now, I would like our first guest to introduce himself. My name is Carmine Cole, and I am Private Functions Director at Hildeen, the Lincoln Family Home in Manchester, Vermont. Carmine and I, we do weddings for a living. We speak to clients every day. We speak to caterers. We speak to each other. So we've been doing this for a very long time. Couples who are getting married, they are dealing with these things for the first time and hopefully the only time. Our goal today is to offer some helpful information. That's the purpose of this podcast. But, you know, today is April 2nd of the year 2020, and we absolutely cannot ignore the most immediate issues at hand, which is the effects of the coronavirus. Everybody knows what's happening, uh, how it's affecting the world, but in particular, it's really struck the wedding industry and the entertainment industry the catering industry extremely hard because our businesses have come to a screeching halt. I'm sure you're getting calls from people. So why don't we just start there, Carmine, and uh, tell us what you're hearing, what kind of feedback you're getting from clients, what, what kind of phone calls you're getting. Uh, right now, most of the phone calls I'm getting are sort of a wait and see kind of aspect. It's everybody's sort of holding their breath, trying to see what type of time frame this is going to be, when it's going to peak, uh, when they think it might be over, and uh, when we can get back to a sense of normal, whatever that may be going through as we get through this uh, coronavirus. Certainly, I've had to cancel some events and postpone some not only to later this year, but perhaps even to next year, which is always uh, exciting. I think for people who are planning right now, it's certainly a good idea to plan for the next year. Things will go on. We will get back to normal. I think, and I'm sure you're, you'll agree, that if you're planning a wedding, you haven't made the plans already, you might want to consider next year if you're thinking about later on this year, because this year's really getting crazy, especially with, for me, uh, my schedule has cleared for March, April, May, and June. The last one was actually a Hildeen client, right? You and I discussed that yesterday. Bill, I would, uh, would wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, we do weddings usually from uh, Memorial Day to Columbus Day, and now what I'm seeing is those are postponing until next year, but many people are trying to see if they can push this off to August, September, or October and take what available days I have left to continue with their plans. It's very exciting. So more important as we get into this particular year, how important it is to try to plan for next year as well, because everybody is trying to put off or hold off from this year, and it may even be harder to get to spots or venues for next year, including musicians and other vendors. Yeah, so those four months of postponements are all going to get compacted into whatever's left for the rest of the year, right? So my July through December is going to be packed. How are your clients dealing with this? Uh, do they have anxiety or what are your feelings? I think there's some angst uh, about uh, this as far as when things are going to get back to normal, whatever that new normal will be. I know everybody's looking forward to that, but they don't know when that's going to be. And it's changing day to day as we read the newspaper or watch the news or follow any of the social media. Things are changing day to day, and it's this uneasiness that's making people a little bit anxious about you know, when they're going to hold the wedding, 
I spoke with a client today, for example, who mentioned that they still wanted to have their wedding sometime in late June or early July, but were afraid that if they had this, that people might accuse them of perpetuating the spread or outbreak even in July. That's really interesting. I haven't even thought about that. I dealt with that and we had the Great Recession. I had clients who had money who weren't affected by it, but they were afraid to throw parties because people might think they were being too ostentatious when other people were struggling. So it's kind of a similar type of thing. Like people are afraid to have parties because they're afraid people might think ill of them? Yes. I mean, more or less, is they, they don't want to be the ones to say, ooh, we, we had this. And and as we've seen from many of the news stories, those that uh, have done this, the spring breakers in Florida, for example, uh, now may be reconsidering what they're saying. <laughs> so those that are planning those weddings, they don't want to be the ones to bring that upon themselves, even if we get the okay. And, and that's part of the anxiousness my clients are feeling is, when is it going to be okay? When is it going to be safe? When do, without any repercussions? So here's my feeling about it. Coming from a person who is not ignoring the request to stay at home, I've been in my home for three weeks now without leaving. The way I feel about it is the couples who have gone through planning, who have been planning six months or even a year and a half ahead of time, they put all this work and, and energy and, and love into planning this event. Those couples know how much anxiety there is in that and how much tension there is in families for who do we invite and who, the, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You've been through all of those planning stages. You did all the work. I think those people deserve the payoff. Everybody deserves that, the big day that they've been planning. So I, I hope that they don't feel any kind of guilt about doing this. When we're ready and we're able, we should all be celebrating that this is behind us because this is probably the scariest thing that's ever happened to any of us. Yes. Yes. We will be talking about this with our grandchildren. There will be no doubt. Yeah. So do you have any advice for the people who, who are facing these postponements? Like if you have a wedding booked in June? I think you brought up a very good point, though, is that it takes a lot of energy and effort to do the planning to do the invitations, to, to do the seating charts, to make the timeline, to do all of these things, and then have to have it pushed off for several months or a year. It's just another, <laughs> um, I'm not sure exactly how to describe it, but. I can describe it as an extension of your stress. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's like another six months or another year of, of the wedding planning stress. Yeah, so that's uh, that uh, may take its toll. So that's why I think the sooner you could have your wedding, the better, because you, you've been waiting so long already. When's a good time to start discussing postponements with your vendors, your caterer, your band, your DJ, your florist, whatever? I think that's a good question, Bill. I think that is an individual case-by-case basis. I think the answer is when you feel comfortable and looking at the news and media here again, I don't know when this is going to happen. So you, you have to take it on case by case basis. I think you have to look honestly at the news. Maybe it's look at it now, look at it in two weeks, look at it in a month and see where things are. But um, certainly if you do have to cancel or postpone, you want to let these people know as soon as possible so they can continue on with their lives, any vendors or other, and be able to find dates uh, in the coming months or, or next year.
everyone's paying attention to this issue. They can get news from lots of other resources besides us. So I, I think the fact that we just kind of brought it up and kind of addressed it for a minute, I, th- I think that's good. And I, I think we should move on to the agenda at hand. You and I have been planning this for so long. We want to move on with helpful tips and advice for brides and grooms. You just got engaged. When should they take the next step to start planning the wedding? As far as I see it, obviously, the location has to be the first choice. Bill, I was just going to say, I think venue is the first choice, is the very first thing you have to do is decide where you want to get married. The when and the how can come later, but you have to think of a spot, what's going to be comfortable for you. That venue picking and vetting can take several months. And I urge everyone who is thinking about a venue, even in these times of doing a virtual tour, should get out and physically go to the location when they're reviewing uh, venues so they can fully take in everything that's going to happen. And don't be afraid to ask questions when you do a a site tour. That's really good advice. So what are some of the questions that someone should ask when they're visiting a wedding venue? Uh, They're going to want to know things like when they're going to have access to the property, what time, what time can guests arrive, how late can guests stay, Is there things like a curfew for noise? Is there any noise ordinances? How many people can the venue hold? How many people will you have? What does the venue provide? Does it provide any furniture, any tenting, any building? Where is the ceremony going to be held? Where is the reception held? Is there a cocktail hour? There's just a number of questions you want to ask your venue. Well, that's certainly a lot right there. When... They come to Hildeen, for instance. What's a tour of Hildeen like? Where do you start and what can somebody expect as they're walking through Hildeen? Obviously, most people who are going to be listening to this have no idea what Hildeen is. So why don't you describe the property first and tell us a little about what a tour would be. Hildeen is the ancestral home of Robert Todd Lincoln, the eldest son of our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, and Mary Todd. Uh, The home was built in 1903 and completed in 1905. It is an 8,000-square-foot, 24-room Georgian Revival mansion that sits on 412 acres. Hildeen is a privately owned 501c3 nonprofit. We do not receive any funding from local, state, or federal governments. Everything is funded through guest visits and through site fees for weddings and corporate events and the generosity of individuals in the community. So that's really interesting because I've been in this business my whole life. I've played many, many venues, and I think it's the only venue that I've ever played that is actually a nonprofit. It's been in existence for uh, 41 years now. As a wedding venue or as a museum? A museum uh, and a wedding venue for about 37, I understand. And just as a a side note, we do about 30 weddings a year at Hildeen between the uh, Memorial Day and Columbus Day weekend. I've been doing them now there for three years. I've been doing weddings there for at least eight years, maybe longer. Your uh, sidekick, Sheila Burks, was there from day one, the first time I ever played there. Just from that first time that I played there, 
the recommendations started coming in from Sheila, which led to my relationship with you. It's been a, a very good relationship. And we love coming up there. Even though we're from New York City, we, we love coming to Hildeen. You know I've said this to you before, so I'm not just saying this because we're doing this, but you guys treat us so great up there. It's like, it's like home. It's a very home feeling. And my clients have told me the same thing, that they feel the same way. When I tell people that, they say, oh, yeah, you know, Sheila and Carmine, well, they're so great to work with and everything. But, I, again, I don't want to make this like we're doing an ad. This is not an advertisement for Hildeen because Hildeen is plenty booked. They don't need us to promote it. So that's really great. If they take the tour, where does the tour start? Uh, usually what happens is I will get an email from someone who has – either seen a wedding before who has been on social media and seen any posts or has followed us on some of the internet sites um, i invite them to come and take a tour and usually what i ask them is uh, where they're from and the couple's story i think that's probably the most important thing for me is how do they meet and how did they come to decide to get married at, at hildeen i always love this story the story is the best part to me and when i get to understand my clients we first take them up to the mansion and show them the ceremony site and where the cocktail hour would be out in the formal gardens of the the estate and then we take them to our tent and our facility so they can see where the reception will be and dinner and dancing and all the hoopla and where you play then i try to see exactly how many people are going to be there how many bridesmaids how many groomsmen's what type of are they going to do a band are they going to do a dj you know how they want their tables and chairs set up there's just a number of things i want to know from them right off the get-go well that's great it sounds like you're very thorough with what you do which i know you are but i've never seen you meet a couple for the first time by the time we get together to do a wedding both spent six months or eight months with a couple. So when we finally get together, it's at a different point in the relationship. That's an important point I think that I'd like to make is that with this business, it's all about relationships because if you're planning the biggest day of your life, you have to get a good feeling for the person you're going to work with because that person is going to really handle your event, your wedding, your dream day. So any of the vendors, you have to feel comfortable even like with a photographer, right? That photographer is going to be with you while, you, while you're getting ready in the morning. I couldn't agree with, with you more that uh, the chemistry and the relationships are the key factor. If you are venue hunting and you're just not grooving with whoever is going to be running your event or present at the time, then you may want to think about another venue. Right. Same with band, same with DJ, same with photographer, videographer, florist, what have you. Because these are people that you want to feel like you're on the same page with. You want to feel that, like you said, you could move and groove with them on a personal level and not feel intimidated. The last thing you want to do is feel intimidated. I always tell my brides and grooms, when the wedding comes, this is in the planning stages. This is not the day of the wedding. This is, you know, a month or two months ahead of time. We, we go through everything because I always tell them, look, I want to know what your vision is. I want to know what songs you like and what songs you don't like. I don't want to play a song where you turn to your partner and say, I can't believe they're playing this song at my wedding. I don't want that to happen, right? So I, I want to make sure that we're on the same page. So when we get to the wedding, 
we don't have to figure that out. You know, a successful wedding is great planning. So that's why the comfort level has to be there. You have to feel comfortable. And I always tell them, look, don't wait till the end of the wedding and say, hey, the band was great, but you know what? You guys were too loud. Tell me, if I'm too loud, tell me. Tell me now. Tell me when I could make an adjustment and make you happy. So it's the same thing with all the vendors. I would agree with you, Bill. You're going to spend literally hours and hours on the phone and email and maybe even FaceTime with the people you're planning your wedding. So you have to be really comfortable with them. You have to really like them, and you really have to have some chemistry. For sure. And also as a side note, if you get to a place that uh, you feel it is inhospitable or you're not feeling like you are treated, there is a very good sign right there, just to take note. People in the hospitality business uh, should be hospitable at all times. Hey, how about that? <laughs> and if and if they aren't to you, then maybe you should think about another thing. And maybe they should think about a new occupation. Correct. With that, Carmine, why don't we leave it there? And right now, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. We will have Carmine back for part two very soon. Once again, I'd like to thank Carmine Cole from Hill Dean's, and that's Hill Dean in Manchester, Vermont. If you'd like more information about Hill Dean, you can go to hilldean.org. That's H-I-L-D-E-N-E dot O-R-G. And if you'd like more information about our services can go to nyorchestras.com. Thank you. We appreciate you, the listener. Until next time, this is Bill Messinetti. Everybody, be healthy, be safe. <laughs>